Obviously in a living situation and in a meditative situation um, the question of energy is of some importance and significance and perhaps what we need to be much more aware of is the way we apply and expend our energy and when we're thinking or referring to energy with regard to ourselves we see that the outlet for it is expressed in three major areas body, speech and mind and we have all experienced at various times how we um, burn ourselves out through the um, excesses of applying or putting out um, too much energy in one, two or all three of these areas. So a contribution in our life to finding balance in our life is this harmonizing in a useful and appropriate way the energy which we give to the body which is required for that the energy which we give to speech and its application the energy which we give to our mind, our feelings, our thoughts, our ideas and so forth and so harmonizing of energy is one which you and I look carefully at each of these areas and it's not at all unusual in our life to create an imbalance one say a fairly obvious form of it and, and very noticeable in our society is that we put a great deal of energy into our head activity thinking, planning, organizing, um, remembering etc etc and we give little real use or application of energy with regard to the physical and it's not at all unusual, um, unusual for us physically, as an example, to, be, to, be, to get out of touch with ourselves and to spend an increasing amount of time in the thinking realm. It's not at all un unusual and we sometimes pick up on this in ourselves to uh, engage in um, in talking and it reaches a point in our life where we see that we spend so much time talking that at the end of it not only do we not want to speak, we don't want to see anybody and there's a whole uh, series of reactions to it. <coughs> now all of that is telling us there's some imbalance there. So a thoughtful person a, caring person, a sensitive person, looking at herself, looking at himself will look and to bring out some awareness in one's life of how do I need to look at myself in physical terms more carefully, verbal terms, mental terms. If one looks at oneself in physical terms one looks in consideration of energy and one of the major sources of energy of course is diet but it's not only diet, that's not enough in itself, it's not only what we eat it's the way that we eat, the 
quantity that we eat, the feeling of relaxation when one is eating. And for many, many people, this is a real area of difficulty. And particularly when there's stress and worry in the mind, when there's a feeling of being unloved, um, uncared for, our mind so easily rushes to food to compensate for these unsatisfactory feelings inside of oneself. And if I may say, women seem to be much more in touch with this dynamic than we men who hardly consider our unsatisfactory relationship to the whole area of nutrition and so forth. So it is, an imp I feel, an important area in our life to look at. What we eat, the quantity that we eat, the feelings in the speed that we eat, the feeling of relaxation, and giving care and attention to it. And part of our practice here, when queuing, queuing for the food, and, and sometimes the queuing for the food can be a, um, a horrendous ordeal. Will there be any food left? How much is he eating? How much is she eating? And, and, uh, and all manner of feelings of tension or excitement, whichever, um, going on in, inside of oneself. So this input into the body, which is an energy source for oneself, needs care, awareness, sensitivity, and the application of what is beautiful in life. But it's not only, of course, the input but of energy, but it's also the outflow of energy, too. And it's all very well for people to say, oh, I like doing this exercise, I like walking, I like being out of doors, I like form, um, um, the application of yoga or tai chi or whatever it is. But the question is, in real terms, how is it for you in your daily life? Never mind theory. Theory is useless. How is it for you in your daily life? How, what ways and means do you, are you able to firmly create time for yourselves to enable you to live in such a way that your physical energy can flow more freely? And there are many wonderful and beautiful and significant ways to do that and it's not obviously that one is better than t'other. Some people, if it's jogging, some people, if it's swimming, some people, if it's dance, or tai chi, or whatever. The expression is personal in that, but in real terms. Because if we just live in a rather mechanical, habitual, habitual way, and we don't, at a daily level, give ourselves the opportunities for some free expression of our energy in a way which is appropriate for ourselves, you and I pay the price for it. It is very simple, it's, and as I mentioned yesterday evening, talks are mostly just reminders. So, and to look in, in the area of the physical energy, to find time for some expression of that, to, to get into the rhythm, uh, rhythm of that um, while, while one is here. And, it's, and similarly, uh, with, regard to, with regard to speech. And, and, but the other factor too, 
at the physical level too, that in our practice and application and development of being more mindful, that application of that for us also brings about a greater conservation of one's energy. You know, in, in a daily, li daily life situation, we tend very easily, if one is uh, working, and in Western society it's becoming increasingly more a privilege to, to work, that very easily in our daily life situation we create a tremendous division. One only has to say Monday morning in one's mind to get a feeling of what the division is like. Oh God, Monday. And the day, day begins and, and it's not at all unusual for a person to begin the day and the first few hours, it may still be the same for some people here at this time, 10 o'clock in the morning, the first few hours is a kind of long grope into existence. And that the pattern of mind, very human for us, the pattern of mind is to wake up and think, oh. And out of that, oh one kind of struggles into the bathroom, or in England we say toilet, much more basic. And, and, and as it were, this new day starts to get under, underway. And, and so some days of the week can seem horrendous because the division of the mind is work is work and play is play. And, and it's a black and white separation. But, and that black and white separation is born out of the way we relate to life. You don't have to live like that. And one of the things which is necessary to somehow make some change in that division is that our energy flows more freely. And contemporary um, therapy um, uh, oriental medicines, etc., etc., and spiritual practices, and what we are doing here, in a way, is a real contribution to enable our energy to flow more freely, so that we don't live in a in a negative work orientation to life as something completely separate from fun, pleasure, lightness, free flow of energy. Or to put it in an, another way, that there's no real difference for you between Saturday night and Monday morning. <laughs> that takes some practice to <laughs> get it. The conservation of energy, and we are all to uh, hopefully um, aware of this in the external situations whatever, we, you have this, I won't say too much, one has this fellow Watts in this, in this uh, country who is, seems to have a primary function in life of reminding us all of the need for conservation of energy and resources and all that is implied in that. One only has to have the opposite to give everybody else a reminder. And we need that really in, inside of ourselves, so to, so to speak, in a way that 
conservation of energy <coughs> means the balancing of energy. It, it means that um, outlook and attitude towards life in which the mind is changing itself. And the mind which is changing itself is one which begins to give value to things which one doesn't usually consider very important. That's what the transforming mind is. When we're speaking of a, a vision in, in life or um, mystical seeing or um, a precious awareness or something meaningful, what that is for our mind is that our mind is transforming itself, is undergoing change so that the ordinary becomes unusual. That the everyday becomes special. That just walking, just sitting, just eating, just feeling the wind on your cheeks, just feeling the earth under you, those simple realities of daily, daily life begin to reach one. And when that begins to reach, not just occasionally, but belonging to your daily life, when that begins to reach you, you know the mind is transforming. When it begins to reach you daily, you know the mind is transforming daily. When the divisions of work and play are beginning to drop away as being an artificial creation of the mind, you know your heart is transforming. I have a friend, he came on a retreat some time ago. He, was, uh, he is a, uh, a doctor working in New York. And he was doing his internship. And he was being shown around all the wards of this large uh, New York uh, uh, hospital. And he got to one end of the hospital, one rather quiet corner of the hospital, and there at the end there was uh, a woman who was um, paralyzed um, completely and she was in one of these um, iron lungs. And at the foot of the, the, the bed or this um, iron lung was the usual um, information about the person. Um, her, her name, her date of birth, um, what she was suffering from, the temperature chart, and also included in it was her, her date of admission in the hospital. And he went um, to the, uh, that room, that ward, and was uh, speaking with her, and he saw that she was unusually bright, face was bright, complexion was bright, her um, outlook was bright. And he looked at her date of admission into the hospital and it said uh, some uh, month and day, um, 1948. 
And he said to her, how do you stand it every day? How do you stand it? And she said, when the days are, when it's a nice day, I have the window open for me in the, in the room in the, here. And the breeze comes through the window and touches my cheek. And that touch on the of the breeze makes everything worthwhile. That's called awareness. That's called sensitivity. That's called a transformed mind. So when we're speaking of this conservation of energy and, and the development inwardly of sensitivity and, and harmony with ourselves and with, with life, it comes, as I mentioned, through you and I taking the most ordinary every day and very simply, and in a non-special way at all, very simply increasing our care and attention to those particular areas. That's basically the groundwork of a spiritual life. It doesn't say one ignores one's relationships, one ignores income, one ignores political and social realities. In fact, it helps to make one far more conscious in many of these areas. But one says to oneself, no matter what level I am at in my life, I can get closer to life. I can get more in touch with it, I can go deeper into it, I can explore it, I can find more. And for that, it means the maximization of our energy. So in the course of a day that we have here together, in spite of all the limitations of the structure and the timetable and so forth, basically we could look at the day as being not a, a completely different day from our ordinary everyday life. I mean it may seem an incredible kind of contrast at the one level I mean the whole form and the structure and, and the way the day up. But at another level, and, that's an if, and in a way a more important level, it's just another day in our life. And that this, uh, this day, particular day in our life, is one where you're with yourself, as we are in ordinary life, where you get up, as we do, where we walk, where we wash, where we clean our clean ourselves, where we spend time indoors, where we spend time outdoors, where we eat, where, where we drink, where we take rest. So that's just daily life, that's life expressing itself through our physical, our mental, and meditation is get right in touch with it. When your mind wanders and drifts, as my mind wanders and drifts and goes 
back and forward and here and, and there, one quietly and firmly brings one's attention back to what's happening right now. And being conscious of it. And out of that we become a truly conscious human being. And life and its messages and its intimations can't help but show. So the, the theory is simple. Practice is another ball game altogether, but the theory is simple. Now when one comes into the sitting here, into the meditation hall, and one is sitting, one is reducing the degree of movement. So that again there's a, a certain reduction in the expenditure of one's energy by sitting still. And it certainly takes quite some energy to sit still. Now in saying that, it's not that you have to sit still, I have to sit still for uh, these periods of time and not move at, at all. Some people in this room, and some of you I know very well, and other teachers are what I refer to as um, the golden oldies. These are, these are people who blend in with the carpet, they've been here so long. And there, there are other peop people who come from outside and quite understandably can be sitting after a period of time and feeling perhaps a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort and then sit and think, oh God, it's so hard, oh, and my knees, my back, my, my ankle, my mind, or whatever, nothing's cooperating together. I thought it would all be bliss and harmony here, <laughs> etc. And then one moves one's leg, changes the, the, the posture, and while one's doing that, one decides just to have a look round and see what, what the rest of the scene is like. <laughs> in the, you know, it, I mean, basically, is it just me? And there's nothing worse in life than uh, we like to think, if it's just me, this is terrible. Because it's just me. But if it's, when it's not just me, it's me and them, it somehow or other it feels better. If one is suffering, one wants to ensure that others are suffering at the same, t <laughs> <laughs> same time. <laughs> Why we get comfort in this, I don't know. <laughs> So what ha easily happens is a person is then feeling discomfort, decides to move, looks around, oh God, they're all sitting so still, it, it's just me. And they go, oh, damn it. And one closes one's eyes and five seconds later, someone else goes, oh God, they're all sitting so still. <laughs> so come the end of a sitting, we have about 60 people in here, all thoroughly convinced it's just me. And it isn't. Mind is mind, body is body, energy is energy, lack of relaxation is lack of relaxation, discomfort is discomfort, and it's fairly well across the board. It isn't just you, it never is just you, it never is just me, it's, it's an element in our life. So in our um, sitting practice, one of the things which does come up is the discomfort and the 
pain and, and all the adjustment to that and that belongs to life and sometimes we I think we rather underestimate ourselves there is this kind of tendency to put ourselves down sometimes unfortunately it's come from childhood it's come from education we've been on the receiving end of being put down in some way or other as a result of this we've rather internalized it we believe it we believe it of ourselves uh, or we've heard the opposite message which I used to hear and I'm sure many of you you can be anything you want you know and well I won't go into all of that anyway and so we get these various mixed mix, mix messages and part of our practice is really is being in touch with ourselves and one of the things which comes out of that is to some degree we find quite naturally we can expand our pain threshold not making it an endurance test but instead of as soon as there's a moment of restlessness come we want to escape out of it which is our immediate reaction it is one of just bringing our attention back in this case say to the breathing and uh, plenty of relaxation with the outgoing breath so that when one is experiencing some discomfort instead of as I say um, rushing to get away from it in one way or another it's a tension which just uses the breathing and this relaxation with the outgoing breath and the, the, the breath is a tremendous tool um, for um, working with discomfort and those of you, those of you who are uh, parents and particularly women who have been through the childbirth process and have worked with breathing in conjunction with um, um, birthing know how powerful the working with the breath is to help keep that mind state of balance when undergoing what can be a very painful period so this using of our breathing and plenty of relaxation with the outgoing breath so that one feeling discomfort breathing in filling up the lungs with air breathing out relaxing with the outgoing breath helps the mind to settle in in spite of discomfort if of course during the period of the sitting it becomes intolerable unacceptable having inside of oneself the freedom to make an adjustment in the posture with no regrets this is important with no regrets one sees that the reality is very painful very uncomfortable or whatever one mindfully and slowly changes the posture acts purposefully decisively when it's appropriate bring coming back to that original posture continuing very directly in the meditation so that in spite of some change in the posture there's a real sense and feeling of continuity when you come to the end of a sitting period you reach, reach the end of a, a, a sitting period half hour, 45 minutes, hour or whatever um, then it can be useful just to put the mind's eye, shall we say, the mind's attention just back over that period that you were sitting and just be aware of what, the, what was manifesting in that sitting what immediately comes to mind 
No. It may be that the mind spent 95%, um, 99%, 100% of the time just wandering. Just, just, just to be aware of that. It may, may be that one felt that was a good sitting, just to be aware of that. So one is just reasonably clear, shall we say, as one proceeds with one's meditation practices of, of what is just happening at that time. So you come to the end of the sitting, just being aware of what was the quality of that sitting. And perhaps just asking oneself how one might develop it a little bit more. So th there's one of this restlessness and discomfort which uh, arises. And another which also occurs in very, very uh, common, which we all experience at times, is the, uh, the tiredness of mind. Or sometimes, again, this tiredness which comes in the sitting is through fairly obvious factors. You and I have uh, all travelled to be here. Um, and I was thinking just um, last night, feeling quite tired, still having, having just arrived, um, a little bit of the, 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 the jet lag, so the time zone, time change was, uh, was operating, so feeling rather tired. So sometimes the tiredness comes through travel, sometimes the tiredness comes through being in an intense situation in one's personal life, particularly when things in one's personal life are unresolved. One is not clear, uh, one is uncertain, uh, unknowing, and one f finds difficulty living in a state of unknowingness. And I think we all have to practice that in our life. We can't always know how things will turn out for ourselves or for another. With some things in life we just can't know at a time. And one of the things in life which you and I have to learn to live with is the state of unknowingness. That's a lot of practice too. So as I say, different factors are, somet are sometimes um, one just arrives and it's just part of the adjustment is such that one is feeling rather tired in the situation. Again, the breath can be used quite uh, usefully and fruitfully, one of the ways being to uh, breathe in long and deep, hold the air element in the body for a while, let the air circulate, uh, oxygenate the brain a little bit, never mind, but help to get the energy um, uh, feeling, as it were, uh, coming back into the practice a little bit more. So that when we're experiencing these waves of tiredness, the thing is with it, we're, we're learning to work with it. So the mind gets into a, something of a rhythm and flow of learning to work with tiredness. Because sometimes in tiredness it begins to extend itself. Tiredness can become boredom. Boredom becomes apathy. Apathy becomes a heavy consciousness. Heavy consciousness becomes feeling down. Down becomes feeling depressed. It's so easy that there can be a causal kind of sequence and it can just begin with the patterns of tiredness. Feeling tiredness and then the disinterestedness and that getting more and more, uh, becoming more and more a powerful influence in one's mind. And so sometimes just checking earlier on 
can save a heck of a lot later on. The old uh, English saying, I expect you have it here, a stitch in time saves nine. And that truly applies to our mind. So, feeling, if we're feeling tired, there are a few things which we can apply. Keep, keep the eyes open for that period of time. Put the hands on the knee, lift the chest up, breathe, breathe in a little bit more uh, fully, really expand. Um, place the arms above the head and, stre and stretch the arms up. Hold the arms up in the hair, yeah, put, them on the, put them on the head, anything. <laughs> but, what, but it's that heart's expression of the willingness to work with a situation. That's what we're encouraging. Never mind if you and I are successful, never mind if we sit here and it's like a, we, uh, a situation of a total choreography of our movement. The <laughs> fact that when, the, when, when we become, the moment of becoming aware, finding a way to respond with that and cultivating that means that in life we learn to work with a situation. And this learning to work with something and be in touch with something is what continuity of transformation is all about. And that gives its own vitality in life and, in the, and the passion and love for life emerges with it. So there are these two things now, right? There's a restlessness which comes, very, 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 very common, and tiredness which comes too. And it may be that the weekend is devoted to it. Devoted to working with one's restlessness and devoted to working with one's tiredness. If your weekend is devoted to that, wonderful. What better way to spend a weekend? <laughs> because, uh, because, as I say, the emerging of uh, the willingness to be in touch, that's what meditation practice is, that's what spiritual application is. If finally, if you experience in the uh, meditation um, just the chit-chat of the mind which takes place. You know, sometimes it's a, a, a monologue going on inside of oneself in which one is recalling past, present and future and, um, and uh, giving a great deal of thought to that. Or sometimes it's the, di the dialogue situation. I said that, he says, he'll say that, I'll say this, it isn't whatever it might be, and all, the, all these are forms of entertainment for the, for the mind. Sometimes we uh, like the pleasant entertainments and sometimes we seem to prefer um, the painful ent entertainments. And again, in one's practice, if one's finding that kind of chatter of the mind, what can be a useful supportive uh, factor is to use counting. The mind is just engaged in chit-chat in some way, a counting method. So breathing in and on the out-breath, one, next out-breath, two, next out-breath, three. Doing that very uh, uh, quietly, uh, of course, and just using the counting method as a simple tool and reminder that our practice is right here, right now. This is where life is and not upstairs in the chatter. So that this bringing of the, uh, focusing of the attention on the breathing, using the counting, again, 
another simple method and technique. And the point is with all of this, we can get some kind of feeling for it and, uh, and apply it. Any of these practices can be a very helpful, healthy resource in our daily life. And my goodness me, we need tools. We need every resource we've got to be able to live with, uh, with, with intelligence and uh, with love and awareness. So these are, these, are, these are tools, nothing special in them in themselves, them nothing to get attached to in any way, but hopefully through frequency of application, useful and practical. And the spiritual life is a life which is truly practical. May all beings be in touch with themselves. May all beings be in touch with life. May all beings live in a conscious way. <laughs>